If you are an HR professional, business owner, or at the operations level trying to understand what people want, you may be struggling. Our systems have been shocked, practices have been questioned, and culture is the leading conversation. Let's learn how culture is created, sustained, and why it should be the leading conversation when discussing hiring, training, and retention. This is the foundation of any business, and it's time to address it. So tune in to Let's Talk HR, humanizing the conversation. We tackle topics that influencers of change need to understand and struggle to overcome every day, such as where to start and what the new workforce wants and how to attract and keep positive momentum going. I'm your host, Leanne Lovely. Lori Hybe is a podcast host, speaker, educator, and founder of Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency. Using her vast multi-industry knowledge gained from experience and education, she has the ability to see the potential of greatness within the already established good of a business. Through strategic, actionable moves, she has worked with Fortune 500 companies such as ABB and Syngenta to micro-business owners to achieve their marketing goals. Lori carries her energy and drive into her professional engagement in order to empower and educate other fellow lifelong learners. Lori, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk with you. I'm excited to be here, Leanne. Thank you for inviting me to be on the show. So why don't we dive right in? Why don't you um, tell my audience, tell me a little bit about yourself? Oh, where, where do I get started? There's, it's been a fun <laughs> journey so far. <laughs> um, you know, besides what you shared in the intro, you know, owner of Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency. My background is in marketing. I worked at two agencies prior to starting my my company in 2008. Um, I also am a huge advocate and um, ambassador of all things related to education. So I'm a lifelong learner. Um, I taught at the local university for a while um, and I continue to teach not at the university level, but professionals uh, nationally on topics related to marketing, which is something I'm extremely passionate about. Yes, you have to be if you if you own your own business, right? Indeed. Or and I do. Oh, um, go on. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> or one would hope. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. Especially in the in the space we're in. I mean, digital marketing is changing so fast that we have to continue to educate ourselves to to stay on top of it and really be in the know of of you know the direction that it's going. Um, on the personal side, uh, I'm super active and you know can't sit still. The word boredom is not something. I've experienced in a long time, maybe since I was a kid. <laughs> um, travel, play a lot of sports, watch sports, adventures and experiences. That's what I'm all about. Excellent. And you you, uh, you play hockey, right? Yep, I play hockey. I've been getting into cycling. Um, I'm working on, I'm, right now I'm training to do a 100 mile bike ride and <laughs> the look on her face. Wow. <laughs> Um, and I golf or pretend to golf. I don't know, whatever you want to call that. Um, and you know, willing to try new things too. Scuba dive. Okay. Yeah. I want to go back to the, the 100 mile. The only way I'm going a hundred miles is in a car or a, a train <laughs> or a plane. So what, how did you decide to do that? Um, uh, well, I probably, I've been cycling for 
like really focused on it maybe like three years now. Um, and I, there's just a big milestone in the cycling world of doing a century ride, which is, a, you know, century is a hundred. Mm-hmm. So um, last year I did a 70 mile ride and this year I, I committed to doing the century ride. And I've, I've found that if I have a target that I'm working towards then mm-hmm. it keeps me motivated to, to get up and, and train, which, you know, I, I was up at 5.30 a.m. this morning to put 10 miles in, so. Yeah. Um. <laughs> See, and I, I envy the people who have the discipline to be able to do that because I absolutely know myself well enough to know that I do not. And I have a girlfriend who who ran a marathon, and she um, she trained and trained and trained. And I remember her saying, you know, halfway through that, I was like, what the hell am I doing? But when she, right. And then she finished and she's like, and it was the greatest feeling in the world that I was able to finish that. I did it. She's like, but there were moments during it that I was going, why am I even doing this? Well, you know, and as your, right. As your body is just screaming at you going, why, you know, stop, just stop. Uh But yeah, there is, there's that, that complete sense of, uh, you know, accomplishment, I'm sure at the end of that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I made a commitment to myself to try to. Um, so my word for 2022, I don't know if everyone does this or not. I always pick a word was health. And I really wanted to be mentally healthy, physically healthy and financially healthy. So I started with the mental, really focusing on the physical, um, and the financials in a positive spot. So, um, I feel like I'm knocking it out of the park with my word this year. Um, but it, I, it is a commitment that I made to myself. And I knew that if I'm going to do a century, if I'm going to do it, I need something to target. So, you know, I'm signed up to do it in, you know, the the third quarter of the year so that it gave me time to really focus on the training throughout the summer. Um, and it's it's the main reason why I get up at 530 in the morning to ride, because I know I have to put the, the, the time in so that I'm ready to go on on game day. Right. Yeah. Well, and picking a word that is that's a real I mean, that's an excellent thing to do not just for personally but as you mentioned you there's there's three things in there one you have to be mentally healthy in order to to really do anything mm-hmm. i mean and i think a lot of people out there forget like oh i'm just going to keep pushing through and pushing through and pushing no you can't push through your mental health if it, anything if you're not mentally capable of doing that so mm-hmm. you know kudos to you to you know one picking that word and then holding yourself accountable each step of the way because it's 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 tough it's it's a hard thing to do but that's that's awesome I mean yeah thank you awesome. so you own a successful thriving business you said you know financially you're you're in a good spot so tell me a little bit about how you started this and you know how you built your team and Tell me about how that's going. <laughs> yeah, well, when I started it, oh, there's so many different things that I can share related to that. Um, but we don't have that much time on the show today. So um, from a marketing standpoint, I literally sent a message out to every single person that was in any sort of um, contact, address book, email list, literally, like I direct mail, snail mail, <laughs> quick tangent. I told someone about snail mail on my team the other day and they're like, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) I just about died. Anyways, like I actually put physical letters in the mail and emailed everyone whose contact I ever had saying, Hey, 
this is what I'm doing. If you're interested or you know someone who's interested, here's my contact info. And that's how I got my first three clients. Wow. So, okay. And, and you did this in 2008, you said. Yep. So this was during a time when obviously the world is recession you know in a don't say that word right (laughs) i know in a complete state of of crap i mean this is is, uh, so i'm thinking of what i'm doing at this time right now in 2008 i am struggling to make ends meet because i've been laid off multiple times and now i'm taking Mm -hmm. on contract positions so did were you in that were you in that boat were you laid off were you i mean what no actually i was at an agency that was doing um really well um the short story is i was unhappy there and decided i was trying to find a new job but because of the state of the world at that time there wasn't really much that interests me. If I was going to make the change at my terms, I wanted to find something that was best suited for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I decided that I could um, I, I could go out on my own. And so I, I took the big leap and, you know, I would say a ton of ignorance, <laughs> maybe a little cockiness, um, but I've learned a lot over the years and I'm hoping to share some of that too. You know, but sometimes that ignorance takes away the fear that we should have. I mean, now the things that I know actually puts up some of the the blockers from me saying, oh, I'm going to go start my own business because I know too much about all of the things that could allow me to fail. And I'm sure. like, eh, I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, I, I know too much about how many people actually fail now. If I was back in my 20s, I'd go, oh, yeah, I can do this. I've, I've got this. I mean, there's no way I'm going to fail. You know, if, so the younger you are, you also have a lot less to lose when you're, you know, you, sure. a little bit younger. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, absolutely. you know, and maybe that's maybe that naiveness, maybe that, you know, kind of. And again, like I said, you also have a lot less to lose. You know, I now I would have a house to lose versus an apartment. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't yeah, even I mean, mine. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, there's, I mean, I think no matter what, there's always risks, there's always challenges, there's mm-hmm. always stress. I mean, regardless of how much you know or don't know, and there's factors in this world, such as COVID, <laughs> that you can't control, you right. know? So um, when you decide to start it, I, it's, I would say the sooner the better, because the sooner that you start to learn those experiences and how to make, um, how to make it, it, what am I trying to say? Learn from, learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, I think I, I am actually in a better position um, from an intelligence, wisdom, experience standpoint than if I were to just continue to have worked for other people over mm-hmm. the last 15 years because of all of the challenges that I've faced um, running a business. Right. And 15 years ago, who could have possibly imagined that we were going to go into a world pandemic? Yeah, nobody. Right. I mean, maybe some smart people somewhere knew what was happening right. eventually, but. <laughs> Somebody sitting in a, you know, around in a circle going, hmm, mm-hmm. I have a psychic ability and guess what? <laughs> so tell me, you know, now you've started your own business. You have your first three clients how did you, you know, where do you go from there? How do you start to do the work, create a team? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I actually started out with um, some contractors initially, and then um, one of the gentlemen that was contracting with me, um, he basically said, you know, it would be great to just work full time with you. And I agreed. So I actually got some financing in order to support um, my first two hires, um, which was one was uh, an, an account manager and then another was a, a lead developer. So my first two full time hires um, were with me. One of them was with me for about uh, three years. The other one was with me for about 10 years, actually. Um, which is insane and awesome at the same time. But that's that's basically how I got started. And then over time, we've as we grew um, and there was more demands, um, continued to add new people to the team. One of the ways that I did that actually was I built uh, an internship program. So a lot of my team members started out as interns, which is, again, this goes back to my, my passion for education mm -hmm. and teaching. So... Um, I was able to share um, and educate with eager students um, how how the business world actually works and also simultaneously um, kind of test them out before they officially were offered a full-time position. So um, I'd say a good percentage of People that have been interns at Keystone Click actually converted to full-time employees and stuck around for another uh, two years or so before they took the, the leap to their next big professional advancement. That's awesome. Uh, wow. Um, so sticking, <laughs> you you clearly have a, a culture that, and, and you don't see that a lot anymore. Um, but, and, and because of the fact that some of the larger organizations, the culture is not one that drives people in and keeps people for the long haul. 10 years, you're, you're basically your first employee, one of your first employees was with you for 10 years. Yep. And I mean, that's, that says something about you as a, as a manager, as a boss, and then to have, you know, people that you're willing to spend time to train who ultimately want to stay and have mm -hmm. a what an average length of, of time at their first position in a very um, competitive industry mm -hmm. um, for, for it, sure. what two years you said mm -hmm. yep yeah that's that's amazing um, because your industry is is definitely one that is is very competitive there with the constant like you mentioned the constant changing the the variety of areas and disciplines that individuals can go in um mm -hmm. that's that's really awesome yeah so thank you how do you um how do you nurture that culture and how have you kind of worked with the individuals and, and before i actually say what is the total number of employees that you have now I have nine full-time employees and probably about a dozen contractors that we work with on a fairly consistent basis. Wow. Okay. So you definitely have had, and and I guess I don't know, compared to an agency um, marketing company, you're, you're, you're a decent size then. I, I mean, yeah, it's so hard to say that it's, you know, agencies are, Small and large right. agencies can be one person with a couple part-time people and some freelancers or 
hundreds of people. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say, I think the average agency size is like around five or six employees, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, it, well, with the ones that I come across on a regular basis, that's usually sure. what I hear. So, yeah, you are a definitely a decent, uh, decent size. And I, I will say every time I see you, I know that you are running around and crazy busy. So <laughs> you're doing something right. So, <laughs> so how do you, you know, how do you continue to, and I've, I'm asking this question kind of knowing the answer, um, because you have, you have told me a little bit about some of the practices that you have. Um, but how do you continue to be available and let your employees know that, you know, you're there to continue to not just only lead them, but also continue to maintain and manage that culture that exists? Sure. Um, it, yeah, that, that's a great question. And, and I'm, I'm happy about our culture. It's definitely taken time. And I, I want to just emphasize that it, it didn't happen overnight. Um, I'll share a quick story, then I'll explain kind of the evolution of how we got to where we are today. But in, um, in 2017, my father unexpectedly passed away, um, and I was not in a really good positive state. And then I want to say about 10 months after that happened, I had three employees all quit on the same day, and I realized very quickly that I was I was the number one reason why that happened. And it was because of how I was um, representing, bringing myself, my energy, you know, to the organization. Um, so that was a huge reality check for me. But one thing I've always done um, over, uh, whenever anyone departs is an exit interview. And I really started to pay attention to what people were saying during those exit interviews and learning from from that while also doing some self-education to be a better leader um, and, and to really create a culture of a positive, uh, positive energy where people are excited to get to work and excited to, to hang out with their coworkers and do, do the work that they're doing. So some of the things that I've incorporated over the years, um, I have my annual word uh, every quarter I have everyone on my team pick a word that they're trying to focus on themselves. And we talk about it every Monday in our Monday meetings. How did you live up to your word last week? Um, right now, my quarterly word is um, intelligence because I'm personally doing research on artificial intelligence and how it's incorporated into the world of marketing. And so I want to make sure that I'm continuing to honor that word and show my team that I'm doing that. And everyone's got their own word. Another thing that's really, so we do quarterly meetings and this um, is where I share the state of the business. I share where we are today. I share where we're going, how we're getting there, the wins, the losses that we've had. So it's a very open, transparent conversation. And I let them ask any question that they wanna ask um, within the group. I also have um, biweekly one-on-ones with each team member where the, it's they're facilitating the meeting. And then everyone that I would say is considered a junior team member, I do um, monthly mentor chat. So this is really where I'm learning about what are their long-term professional and personal goals and how can I help them achieve those goals? 
And I open up those mentor chats every single time with the same question of, um, besides like, is there anything that you want to talk about? But I say, is there anything that I did in the last month that you have questions on? So that they can feel comfortable just talking to me one-on-one about, you know, is it why I took a meeting with a certain person or why I, I handle the situation a certain way? Because I want to make sure that I'm elevating their experience um, so that in the future down the road, they're going to be the best professional that they can be. My goal, and I, I'm very transparent with all of my team members, is I, I know you're not going to stay with me forever, but I want you to be the best that you absolutely can be while you're with me, but also in the future. And I want you to reflect back. You may not realize it right away, but know that you are where you are in that point of time. And I maybe had a, a step towards helping you get there somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. So um, in addition, every quarter they have a word and they have a rock, which is like a, a strategic initiative that they're working towards um, elevating the business, but they also have a personal educational goal that they have to achieve on a quarterly basis as well. And that's where they're, that's part of their own, you know, professional, personal growth. You know, sometimes people are reading a book, sometimes they're learning a new skill or a software or program or a process. Um, But I think a combination of all of those factors and just being really transparent and open um, to being available as, as often as I can has helped to create that that culture where the team knows they can come to me with anything, a question, an idea, a challenge, um, and I'm going to listen and do my best to support however I can. So <clears throat> something that, that really resonated with me that you started off, you know, obviously telling a story of something that you really learned from. We, we, we all have moments in our lives where we reflect on and we go, wow, I, I may have, um, you know, failed at this moment, but you are somebody, um, whom, you, you know, I aspire to be more like many should, you know, aspire to be more like you, where you can reflect on a situation and go, I made a mistake here. How can I fix it? And you actively sought out a way to not repeat a same mistake, um, which is something that I continuously do and, um, try to make sure that I don't, you know, repeat the same mistakes that we continue to make. Um, and you've, you've adjusted, um, something Mm -hmm. that I also, the, the question, and and I, I love that. I love that you ask, you know, your, your employees to, um, basically kind of interview you, um, Mm -hmm. so that they, they, that they can spread their wings because yes, uh, you're right. Um, I get it all the time in my business of, oh, well, I want the the next hire that I bring in, I want it to be somebody young and hungry that's going to come in and be with me until they retire. Well, that's great. We all want that, but it's unrealistic. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so to, this isn't, you know, this isn't the day of the baby boomers where they took one job and they stayed at until they retired. It's just not. We we have a society where there are companies that offer certain, you know, certain things and um, I've had I've had employees that that left because there was, you know, better health insurance at a different company. And there's just so many options that are available now. And the Mm -hmm. idea that you as an employer want to be able to set that employee up not only to be successful at your agency, but to possibly be successful at their next career is Mm -hmm. amazing because most companies don't think that way. They think, what can you do for me today 
And how are you going to make me better? And it's all about me, 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 me. You're giving yeah. your you're giving yourself to them in a in a sense of no, I want to help mentor you, not just be your leader. I want to mentor you for the future, and that's awesome. It's not something that people do on a regular basis because you're not just coming in as a as a manager or as an owner of this is mine, help me here. You're you're coming in as a as a true leader and mentor of of people. Yeah, thank you. I've I've got relationships with a number of past team members. Um and I've mentored a number of them over the years too. You know, someone will reach out and say, "Hey, I'm considering this opportunity. Can I talk to you about it?" and and I'm always open. And I've told them that um uh you know, as they as they move on to their next stage, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. If you if you want to have a conversation or you're, you know, need to just talk through something um uh, yeah there's a handful of people that still reach out or they've moved on to out of state and when they're in milwaukee they they reach out and say hey Lori, let's grab lunch you know i'd love to catch up so i just love that i love that they've they've i've built the type of relationship with them various team members that goes beyond just you know boss employee and it's you know they it's a trusted advisor it's mentor it's it's friend you know and and um I think that's really important to do. Mm -hmm. And here's a question that I love to ask um, some of my, some of my team. Um, I'll ask them, you know, is there anything that you need from me today? And then is there anything that I did today that I shouldn't be doing? Is there anything today that I should have done or that I forgot to do for you? Um, and and I, I love to ask that question. Now I am not there. I'm not an owner. Um, I am not technically their, their direct, um, boss. I am, you know, in a kind of a, a limbo stage, I guess, mm -hmm. as it will more of a supervisory role where, <laughs> sure. you know, I, I'm, I am providing a lot of the, you know, the, the stuff they need to do to their job yeah. kind of thing. But on the other hand, you know, you, there are so many times where you never know if you say sometimes the wrong thing and it rubs somebody mm -hmm. the wrong way. Hey, I'd much rather have them come back and say, yeah, you know, you kind of said this and it pissed me off versus have them walk away and just be resentful for like the next five days and have them eventually be like, oh, God, man, she's such a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't want that hanging out there. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. hey, did I do anything that that I shouldn't have done? Like if I did, just tell me because sure. we'll that, work that's through a good it. Question. No, that is a good question. And I've learned. um because most people, when they first meet me, they're very intimidated by me. And I don't know why that is. I'm trying to figure that one out. Um, probably my super A-plus personality of some sort, <laughs> like type A, got to go constantly. But I've told new team members, part of the onboarding, I, I say, this is my communication style. If you have a different expectation or preference, you need to tell me. Otherwise... I'm going to be strong and direct and right there. And I'm not going to beat around the bush. So if you got to tell me if you have other ways you want me to communicate with you. <laughs> I, I used to get this all the time. Um, uh, there are, I, I guess, I don't know that there's a name for this. Um, I am a, not a soft walker. I am a, I'm heavy footed. There we go. I'm okay. heavy footed. <laughs> And, um, people used to say like, Leon, I always know when you're walking down like the row, they're like, it's, it's, there is no other person in this office that sounds like you when you walk. <laughs> and I'm like, I, 
I, I don't I don't get what that what? means. What do you mean? They're like, you sound like elephants coming. I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay. And somebody finally goes, it's just a determined walk. I'm like, oh, okay, let's go with that versus elephants yeah. running down the <laughs> Because I'm I'm very much like if I've got something to do, I'm boom, boom, like let's yeah, let's go. Like sure. I'm yeah. But you know, obviously being described, I'm definitely an A personality, like, and I never really realized that, yeah, I, and I can't stop it. Like there's times at night, my husband's sleeping, my daughter's sleeping and I'm trying to walk and I'm like, how do I walk quietly? <laughs> it, it, those are yep. just, you know, the intimidation, you know, there are people, other people that have said, yeah, everybody seems to be intimidated, but Brad Herta, I'm going to give a shout out to he says everybody that meets me says that I'm I'm intimidating, you know, when they meet me and I'm like I can see that. He is he has a presence about him. Mhm. You have a presence about you. I think that people who have those A type personalities, those people who are determined, those people who have there is a presence that exists, man or woman, it doesn't matter. It just you have that authoritative like I'm gonna get it done you got something to do I'm gonna I'm gonna go and get it done kind of thing mm -hmm. yep. um yet there are people that you would think would be more intimidating and I could throw out a number of names I'm not gonna do that yet they, they're not because mm -hmm. and I could I could actually list out some personality things that they do um there's one very tall individual I, I think you probably know who I'm talking about. I don't know if you do or not mm -hmm. but what, in my head, I, I know what thinking, you're talking about. We're right. even, you haven't even described him yet, or her. When, when, you, <laughs> when you talk to him, he actually bends over and crouches and gets a little closer to you and talks a little softer, and he becomes immediately very comforting and kind, and he's no longer intimidating at all. But if you see him from across the room... He 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 is a very intimidating person. But the moment you start talking to him, he's just he's a big gigantic teddy bear. Yeah. And that's his charm is that he can draw people in and I'm sure that he could sell water to that's probably a bet. Ice to an Eskimo. Eskimo, yeah. there we go. <laughs> because it, as soon as you start talking to him, he just he kind of just pulls you in and he gets yeah. at your level yeah. despite the fact that he's ridiculously tall and <laughs> it's it's very interesting on on okay anyways we went off on a tangent i love tangents that's okay me too so um and, and and you know you recognize these things when you're standing in a room of you know business owners and and it doesn't mean that you know again once sitting down and having a conversation with you or some of the other individuals it's like wow I was because when I first met you, I have to say I was like, "Wow, she's she's a little intimidating." <laughs> I, I'm not going to hear lie. from everyone. No, no, I I know this about me, but thank you for <laughs> for verifying that it's still a legit thing that's happening. <laughs> no, it, it, because you you have very much of a okay. You said you don't know why <laughs> because you are a wildly successful woman who people either want to be like or fear they're not good enough or at your level. Mm -hmm. Sure. But once you sit down and have a conversation with you, you're a very warm and welcoming person. 
but your intelligence level and your knowledge is through the roof. So you're like, wow, can I keep up? Can I keep up with this person? So it's, it, it can be, it can be hard to, to do that. It can be hard Mm -hmm. to keep up. And so especially people who have, you know, the, um, what is it? Imposter syndrome. They're like, oh my gosh, she's going to find me out. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's that push and pull constantly. I've got imposter syndrome. Everyone does. Every, I know, I I know every, at time, there's periods in everybody's lives where they're like, oh, can I do this? Am am I right? (laughs) I know. That's a whole other uh, podcast episode. Right. <laughs> I was just about to go on a big old long tangent. Decided we'll pause. <laughs> right. I, yes. Everybody has. And, and yes, you're right. That is a mm-hmm. whole nother. Um... So you also have a you have two podcasts now. Yes, I do. Um, Social Capital, which is, uh, let's see, episode like 300. 70 something, I believe. Um, So I interview professionals globally on the topic of networking and how networking has really helped them get to where they are today. And uh, my newest uh, podcast, I have two amazing co-hosts, is called A Broadcast for Manufacturers. And uh, we're uh, three broads (laughs) talking about broad topics um some of them uh maybe a little taboo to some people and touchy um and others are just more like realistic related to the current times uh you know supply chain uh people shortages and whatnot um but all focused around um the manufacturing industry interesting and you say some topics may be a little bit more touchy and you don't have to go into extreme detail but are we talking I'm nosy. Let's- sure. So, I mean, we're, we're three females and manufacturing is okay. typically a, a very masculine industry. Yeah. Um, so that's really where we're, we're talking about, you know, um, elevating women in mm-hmm. that space for sure. But I mean, we're not, it's not just a show for, for women. It's a show for anyone that's in manufacturing, but I think it's important to talk about, um, you know, the challenges that are being faced, um, depending on, you know, not just, you know, what gender you are, but your sexuality and, mm-hmm. you know, your, um, you know, people are discriminated often in, in many different ways. And, and unfortunately, you know, historically manufacturing is, is a white male industry. And I think that um, we're, we're trying to they, especially from the people side of things, like there's a lot of extremely intelligent and very capable individuals out there and they don't all have to be white males to work in that industry. Yeah, that's wow. That's a, I'm going to have to, to listen to that. That is a absolute great topic. And it's interesting. Last season, I had interviewed two women um, who wrote a book um, about lean manufacturing Mm-hmm. Um, because both of them came up um, through the ranks in manufacturing, came together to wrote, wrote an awesome you know book about that, um, and talked about some of the struggles they had as leaders in the manufacturing industry. And it was it's um, just and there's a story that they go through and, and that they talked about. Um, you'll have to you know anybody listening, you have to check that out. I don't even know what number episode that was, but um, it because it's it's true there you know one of them had a got a membership to a you know country club but it was like areas of the country club that only men were allowed to go in and she's like how am i supposed to have meetings (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Because it was usually only a man who held the, the position that she was in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely, I mean, I'm seeing more and more women. I have um, a woman interviewing for, you know, a, a, um, a product management role. Yeah. And it's and I get excited about that. Like, yes, we we're seeing more and more women rise to the top in those types of positions. But it's it's a struggle to see some of the women take on some of those positions. And you feel like you're still seeing discrimination in pay. You're still seeing discrimination in a lot of those things that that mm-hmm. it's taken years to overcome. I had a conversation with a woman the other day who she says, I want to be over the over the road truck driver. And she goes, and I just feel like I won't be taken seriously even in school. And I'm like, what? No, you you if you want to do that, you do you like there just because you're a woman doesn't mean you can't do it. Sure. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, like you got to stop thinking in the old way or we'll never progress to a, a, a point in life where everybody else in the rest of the world stops thinking like that. Yep. So I love those conversations. I love the again, you know, having conversations with DEI experts on, you know, the the psychology behind why our society still is struggling to get over some of it. I say get over, but it's not what I, how I mean it. I mean, to evolve, really. to evolve. Yes. Is, yeah. I don't want to use a, a word that people are going to like, be, oh, get over. No, evolve. And it's, and, and mm-hmm. understanding the, you know, psychology behind that is, is definitely, um, it's fascinating. It's also mm-hmm. sad yep. when you really dive into it and go, oh, okay. Because I, I grew up in Oconomowoc in you know the 80s and 90s and there was no black people living in Oconomowoc at that time so I grew up very privileged very blind to the world Mm -hmm. and then I went to the military and got complete and total culture shock and started to actually experience the real world sure thank god so Okay, another tangent. So that how many episodes are you in on that? And what is it called again? It's called a broadcast for manufacturers. I want to yes. say we're at like 10 episodes now. I, I know we're I, we're in the double digits. Um, That's amazing. Which is yeah, super, super exciting. Um, yeah, it's 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 great. It's I mean the topics are are broad and that's intentional. The focus is manufacturing. So, you know, we've talked about supply chain, we've talked about um, software and technology and in, in manufacturing. Um, so it, it's it's a fun conversation, but we're not afraid to bring up the things and the topics that uh, some people might not feel comfortable talking about. Right. Well, and yeah, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be afraid to to do that. This is a great this is a great time for me to just say it. if somebody wants to listen to either one of your podcasts or reach out to you and you I know that your business Keystone Click also you kind of have a niche in that manufacturing space correct mm-hmm. yep yeah yeah so if somebody... so uh my contact info sure <laughs> someone wants to get in touch with me sorry I'm used to being the host not the guest apparently <laughs> sorry I'm like I know what the question is I'm ready to answer it. <laughs> um no yeah keystoneclick.com socialcapitalpodcast.com. Um, and I think it's MFG, uh, you know, the podcast you can find in all the podcast shows or Apple, you know, Google play, all that fun stuff. 
Um, the best place you're going to be able to connect with me, though, is LinkedIn. So um, just look for Lori J. Hybee, Uh and you can follow me. I post uh, daily information on marketing, plus all podcast episodes get published there as well. Um, or just send me a message and say you heard me on Leanne's super awesome show. And this will also be in the show notes too. So I'll, I'll put all your contact and everything in the show notes. And yes, my super awesome show. Okay, so we are coming to time, but you are not um, out of answering the question of the season. If you could go back to your younger self and give yourself advice, when would you go back and what advice would you give yourself? That is a good question. Um. You know, I would actually go back to my college years and my advice would be to create relationships with the students um, that I was in school with, um, but more so the relationships with the professors that I had. And I think um, nowadays it's so easy to do that. Like I, you can, when I taught, I would just tell the students, connect with me on LinkedIn, you know, and I... I can easily stay in touch with them. But when I was going to college, I mean, you didn't even have email addresses. <laughs> you would you would either go to the scheduled open office hours of the professor or you had their like home phone number. <laughs> and you would call them. Okay, that makes me feel really old right now. <laughs> um, but that's because no one had like cell phones, you know, it wasn't common practice that everyone had a phone at that time. Um, so it wasn't the same way you couldn't, you couldn't really foster a relationship with a professor back then. And I think I would do it more so from a mentor standpoint, mm -hmm. like I didn't really have a, a go-to mentor to give me advice and counsel of my professional career. I really, um, was all focused on figuring it out on my own. And that probably led to the whole ignorance and starting the business um, because I just was like, I could do this by myself. But I, in general, I think everyone should always have a mentor. And that's probably why it's so important to me to help mentor um, the team that I have now mm -hmm. because I didn't necessarily have one when I was their age. You know, it's, it's so I, I always think, wow, I'm so far behind. I started networking so late in life. And then I realized that I, I really didn't I just kind of I started networking right away it just was done so drastically different when sure. I was coming I mean we it yeah you still went to these events but you just couldn't communicate the way that we do now yeah like yeah. I mean I was on LinkedIn when LinkedIn very first came out I I was I just I always look back and I'm like why why wasn't I doing this like this when I first started my career and then I go oh right right yeah because we didn't have the ability to do this when I first started. Yeah, LinkedIn didn't exist when we were going right going to college and right first got started. Yeah, and actually, it took a while for LinkedIn to turn into what it is today because it was just right. almost like a a phone book, you know, a contact book to some extent for the longest time. We we used to so when it first came out, we used to connect. We used to go to a party. It was called a LinkedIn party. We mm -hmm. would meet people, then we would connect with them on LinkedIn, and that's how we that's how we made those connections. You had to <laughs> that like, when it very first came out. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I was like on it like immediately. And then sure. I was part of a training people on how to use it. Yeah. We were, I mean, but that's how it wasn't like go look somebody up on LinkedIn and connect with them and then eventually talk with them and, and build the relationship. It was no, you met them first. Mm-hmm. You connected with them. And I mean, it was just, it was really weird. Like when I think back to the days of like when I first joined, it was weird. Anyways, this has been such an awesome conversation. Um, you know, we could have an entire like series of you and I talking about <laughs> a whole bunch of different stuff. Lots of but... tangents, <laughs> lots of tangents. Yes. But um, thank you so very much for coming on and talking with me. Oh, this was super fun. I appreciate the invite and happy to go on tangents as many times as you want. <laughs> thank you again for listening to Let's Talk HR. I appreciate your time and support. Without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode, to follow us, like us, or share us. Have a wonderful day.